welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hello and welcome to episode 272 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. I am an obesity medicine physician, a family physician, and a certified coach. And I have years of experience helping physicians go from feeling totally out of control with their eating, frustrated that the scale will not move, to feeling peace around food where they don't have to fight with food anymore. They can relax in any food environment. And also where they're moving towards their goals with confidence that I can actually do this lifelong. This is not so hard because I teach them different skills, because I teach them and you in this podcast, different ways of thinking about how we've been taught to approach eating a weight and how can we actually think about it in ways that's more effective, makes it easier on ourselves, makes it feel better. It's really, really important. So today I have a special episode for you. Today I am sharing a recording that I made for the members of my obesity medicine program. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that this fall was a really challenging time for me. And I hit a point where I had to make some tough decisions. I realized I could not keep doing absolutely everything that I was doing and keep my head above water. It was having an impact on me. And so I made some tough decisions on what I had to trim. And unfortunately, one of the things I decided I needed to trim was my obesity medicine program. So I've been running this since 2016. It's been seeing patients in the office, plus doing group medical visits with them every two weeks, which I really love and I feel very passionate about the need for. But it reached a point where little old me <laughs> doing it all on my own just wasn't sustainable anymore. And I couldn't keep doing it and also do family medicine. And so I had to make the very tough decision of which one do I want to continue and made the decision to wind down the obesity medicine program for now. I'm thinking about like, how can I still play this role in my community in a way that is sustainable? And I'm going to just contemplate that. I'm not, I'm not letting myself start anything new right now. I'm not letting myself take on any new roles. I'm focusing on recovering, but what I did when I decided to wind down this program is I recorded them a video, meaning it to be when they needed help, when they wished that we were still doing the group medical visits, they could listen to it. And I thought that, you know, the stuff I'm talking about in this would be helpful for all of you. And you can use it in the same way. When you need a pep talk, turn this one on. This is me trying to download all the most impactful stuff into one talk into a short period of time. And so save this episode, share this episode with other physicians, listen to it whenever you need help. 
whenever you need to just get your head kind of shifted and when you find yourself falling back into old restrictive patterns or beating yourself up or feeling like you're never going to be successful, please listen to this episode. It will help, I promise. All right, let's get to it. Enjoy. So the first important concept is I want you to remember struggling with eating or weight is not your fault. It is not that there's something wrong with you. You are not lacking willpower. It's not just a problem with eating. Weight is a complex issue. Weight and appetite in your body is complex. There are different things in somebody's body who holds weight than in somebody's body who doesn't hold extra weight. And it's complex. It's the I could show you the slides of when I was doing my obesity medicine exam of all the different systems and all of the different pathways in your brain that are involved. There's a lot. And what that means is when you have a body that likes to hold weight, I have one too, we do have to approach things differently. But blaming ourselves and shaming ourselves is not the path to successful changes. And unfortunately, we've been taught to blame and shame ourselves on our way to weight loss all the time, but it doesn't work. We're going to talk about that more. And so if you catch yourself blaming and shaming yourself, feeling like you shouldn't struggle with your weight, you shouldn't struggle with your eating, just know that that's not actually true. We all have different bodies. Everybody's body has different things it struggles with. Just like some people have high blood pressure that their body struggles with. Some people have thyroid issues. Some people have chronic pain. Some people have the chronic medical condition of obesity, meaning it is a long-term medical condition. Your body is different than somebody's body who does not have the long-term medical condition of obesity. And this is really important because when we talk about treating it, you'll hear me use the word managing your weight because it's not about fixing your weight. It's not that you just need to lose weight with a diet and then you'll be fine. That's, we've all tried that. It's really about learning how to manage your weight long-term, learning what triggers you to eat in certain ways. How can you manage your eating in ways that feel really good? What foods work for your body? How can you make it easy for yourself to stick to those foods on an ongoing basis? What type of physical activity works for your body? All of these are keys to managing your weight long-term. And the really big thing when we're thinking about it as it's a chronic medical condition is there is no finish line. So even if you hit your goal, you still have to keep working on managing it. When you lose weight, you have to keep eating very similarly to how you lost weight in order to maintain it. There's no finish line where you're like, oh, good, I can stop. And this is really important because diet culture taught us, okay, just lose your weight and then you'll be fine. And then, of course, we end up regaining it and blame ourselves, which isn't okay. Instead, we need to think about it, okay, this is something I'll be managing for the rest of my life. We need to work on acceptance to that. There's nothing wrong with it. It is just the way it is. This is something we need to manage for the rest of our life. And so if that's the case... We need to make sure we're doing it in a way that feels really good because you can't sustain something that feels really bad and that you don't actually want to be doing for the rest of your life. It doesn't work. And when you think about how we've been taught to approach eating and weight, we've been taught, okay, just cut out all the stuff you've ever loved, <laughs> never eat it again, and just hang on there for willpower to get to your goal. 
But one more thing about this is there is no finish line. Even when I hit goal, I have to keep doing this stuff. It doesn't make sense to do really tough stuff that you don't actually want to do because it won't be sustainable. And the reality is there's lots of different options that you can do for any situation. There is no one right answer about how to go about losing weight. And if we start changing the conversation and start thinking, okay, what is the way that feels good to me right now where I can picture myself continuing these changes for the rest of my life? That's where we start. Now, what feels really good right now might change over time. And you may find that, you know, you can modify and change. And with some of the other tools I'm going to talk about, it'll help. But really start with, okay, what actually feels good? Where I'm like, okay, yeah, I like that food. And I could see myself doing that long term. I don't think you should just follow a diet. I don't think diets last because they're not actually, when you think about a diet, it's not something that you think you can eat for the rest of your life. I think you should take into consideration some things that can influence how different foods you eat impact your weight, but then really think about what will be sustainable for you. So I, in the weight management program, I often talked about lower carb eating. And immediately when we hear that, our brains go to keto. Okay, I have to eat keto. That's not actually true. (laughs) You can eat keto if you think that that will work for you long-term. And for those of you who that's an unfamiliar term, Keto is eating a ketogenic diet where basically you don't eat any carbohydrates. You don't eat any starches or sugars. You don't eat fruit and you really minimize starches so that your body goes into ketosis. If you think that that really works for you, you really like eating that and you could eat that for the rest of your life, then go for it. But for most people, that's not actually sustainable. And figuring out some other version of some other lower carb way of eating is going to be more sustainable. What that means is looking at where you're eating things like bread, pasta, rice, things with sugar in them, fruit, fruit is naturally occurring sugar, and looking at all those different things and going, okay, what do I actually feel comfortable cutting away or minimizing? Often making smaller changes will be more sustainable in the long term. You can make smaller changes and build on them. So you might say, okay, you know what, maybe I If I have a sandwich every day at lunch, maybe I'm going to change it to, you know, having sandwiches three days a week and the other days a week, I'm going to have something that doesn't have a starch in it and start pulling away. Now, the reason why lower carb eating works is it changes the fuel that your body uses. So when we start cutting out the carbohydrates, our body starts being able to burn fat better. When we're eating a standard North American diet with starches and sugars at pretty much every meal and every snack, it increases your body's insulin levels. And when your body's insulin levels are high, it actually blocks your ability to burn fat. So if you're eating like a low calorie diet, but you're having starches and sugars at most meals, you can feel like you're hardly eating anything, but feel like your body isn't burning the fat. Like you're like, okay, I've got adipose tissue, fat tissue around my stomach, and I'm hardly eating anything and it just doesn't seem to come off. And that's the theory of why that might happen. When we start cutting the starches out, our insulin levels come down and then that insulin isn't blocking your ability to burn fat. And we actually can start using that fat as fuel more easily. When you do that, you start to be more satisfied. Your appetite starts to be more stable and you'll find you have more energy. Now, like I said, this is a really brief version of lower carb eating with just some highlights of how I think about it. 
Okay, I want to talk about failure because this is one of the biggest things that we all have been exposed to when we've been working on our eating and weight is the idea that we keep failing and we keep, there's a risk of failure. So as you're thinking about doing this on your own without my ongoing support in the form of the group medical visits that I used to do, you might be worrying that you're going to fail, maybe worrying that you can't do it. And I want to talk about changing that concept. If we think that we can fail, it makes every decision we make feel like it's higher stakes. It makes it feel like there's risk to it. And if you think about making a food decision of do I eat this or this, and it feels risky, like there's something bad could happen if you make the wrong choice, that feels really yucky. And honestly, that's not going to be sustainable. The reality is you can't fail. This is your life. Like I said, there is no finish line. It's not that there's this fixed diet you need to follow and then you'll be fine. And if you don't follow the diet, you fail. This is a learning process. You are a human being living life in a imperfect environment that's very food focused. There are going to be things that work well for you. And then there's going to be times where you feel like you make mistakes, where you fall down where you feel like you might be messing up, where you worry you're never going to be able to do it. In those moments, what you do really, really matters. Being able to just take a breath and be like, I'm not failing. This is part of the journey. The idea that to get to a goal, everything should just go smoothly and be perfect is completely false. It doesn't happen that way. The reality is from here to your goal, there's going to be like ups and downs. If you think about it like climbing a mountain, When you start climbing a mountain, no mountains just go like this where you're just going up the whole time. They actually, you go up for a bit and then you might come down a bit. You go up for a bit and then you might come down a bit. Maybe you go up and then you come way down and then you go back up. And ultimately, you're still working towards climbing that mountain. Think about that in your weight is that on those dips, those might be times where you're like, I'm not doing this right. Something's going wrong. Maybe I'm failing. And the mistake to make in those situations would be to stop trying and just going back to what you did before. The reality is being in those dips, having those moments where it's hard, those moments where you're not sure if you're going to do it, those moments where the scale isn't moving is part of the journey. You're doing it right. And if you can be like, I'm, this is okay that it feels hard right now, but what can I learn from this? What can I understand more about myself? How could I help myself make this feel easier? Those are going to be helpful questions to ask that ultimately will help you reach that mountain. Diet culture has told us when we're in a dip, we failed and we may as well stop. We have to change that thinking. If we're thinking we're managing this long term, it's not actually we hit a mountain. It's going to keep going. There's going to be dips and valleys like you hit your goal weight And there's still dips and valleys. There's times where you're like, okay, things are going well. This is super easy. And then there's times you're like, I'm gaining weight. Some old eating habits have come back. All of it is normal. We have to normalize this process and acknowledge nothing's gone wrong. It's okay that it's hard sometimes. It's okay that it doesn't go perfectly. The key is being nice to yourself. We're going to talk more about that. And learning from it. Getting curious. Being like, what can I learn from this? What could I understand deeper about myself and how my brain relates to food, how my body works with food? Because you are unique. Again, diet culture has told us there's a one size fits all. 
just do this and you'll be fine. It's not true. Everybody's body is different. Everybody's life is different. Everybody's brain is different. You are unique. And exactly how you are going to manage your weight long term is going to look different from the people around you. And that is okay. Giving yourself permission to be curious and get to know yourself without making yourself wrong for having those moments where you dip. That is the key to long-term weight management. And I'm not saying it's easy because the idea of failure, the idea of you could do this totally wrong is deeply, deeply embedded in ourselves. We have been taught that from a very young age. Your job, if you want to manage weight differently, if you want this to feel different, your job is to start changing the conversations you have with yourself around your eating and weight. To stop thinking about failure and just start thinking, you know what? No matter what happens, I'm going to figure this out. For myself, that was one of the most helpful thoughts that I used. I, if you don't know me, one of the things I really struggled with was Wendy's French fries. And I would be sitting in the drive-thru eating Wendy's French fries and thinking, okay, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. What can I learn from this? What was going on? Why today? When did I start thinking about these Wendy's French fries? That's how I ultimately figured out why I kept going to the drive-thru for Wendy's French fries. And if I had sat there and told myself I failed every time I was in the drive-thru, which I did for a lot of years, by the way, there was no space for learning. It never got better. I stayed stuck in that cycle. And the same is true for you. It was only when I changed the conversation and started saying, okay, I'm going to figure this out. What can I learn from this? That things started to change, that I started to be able to really make a difference and ultimately change that habit that for many years, I thought I would never be able to change. And I'm sharing that because I know for a lot of you, there are habits like that where you feel the same, where you're like, I think I'm broken. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to change this. The key to changing those habits is changing the conversation, getting curious and holding yourself with compassion instead of blame. Most eating is not about the food. When we focus on the food, we're like looking with a little telescope at like the bag of chips we ate. We're missing the point. We're missing the opportunity. Most of the time when you eat food that you didn't plan on eating or that you know isn't going to help you get to your goals, it's not actually that that food got so enticing you couldn't resist. It's that there's other things going on in your life. Like maybe you're tired. Maybe you're stressed. Maybe you were spending the day telling yourself that you're never going to be successful in your eating and weight and that you blew it last night. And that's why the chips are so easy to reach for. When we get overly focused on the food and you're just focused on that was wrong. I shouldn't have eaten that. I need to stop eating that. You are missing the opportunity to make real change in your eating. We need to zoom out. We need to be like, oh, I notice that I ate that. What was going on? And this is the example that I shared about the French fries of like, okay, how do I figure this out? What do I need to learn about why I reached for that bag of chips? But when, if you're just focused on the eating, just trying not to eat, that's when you get into the situation where you're hanging on for dear life with willpower and still reaching for the food and wondering what's wrong with you. It's because it's not actually about the food most of the time. 
It's about something else that's going on. Maybe you're worried about a family member. Maybe you had a fight with your partner. You know, there's so many different things that could be ultimately leading to you choosing the food when you do. And we need to get curious and start to understand those. Because when you recognize the real reason why you're reaching for that food, you can then change how you're managing it. You can shift how you're thinking in that situation. You can ask yourself, what is it that I really need right now? When that happens, what is it that I really need? Because my brain will offer me food, but I know that that food doesn't actually fix it. So what is it that I really need? And when you can change that and ask yourself, okay, I know when I, you know, get frustrated at my kids in the morning, that will often make me crave food later in the day. What is it that I actually need there? Is there a way I could shift and change how I'm thinking in that situation so I don't feel so frustrated? Or is it that I need to take a bit of a time out after I get frustrated, process the frustration, let it go, do something to make myself feel better, and then get on with my day? There's lots of different options that you could do. But when we start intervening in that way, those cravings to eat start to fade. They start to come down. I mentioned this already, but this is a really important point, and I want you to think about it, is there are hundreds of solutions for any challenge that you are facing. We have been taught there's this one right way, and we have to try and go find it, and if the way we're doing it isn't working, then we need to go find, there must be another one right way. And that's a really restrictive, really confining way to think about it. If you think about, there are hundreds of options that I could do in any situation, it's a much more abundant. It's true. And I tell you this with a lot of experience, having worked with a whole lot of people on eating and weight. And what it does is it lets you start to look for the solutions that really work for you as an individual where you're like, yeah, this makes my day better. And therefore, I think I can keep doing it long term. And that fits into your life where you're not feeling like you have to create a whole bunch of extra work in order to be successful. So really start talking to yourself in this way. Be like, you know what? There's so many different options I could do. Even within your eating, there's so many different changes you could make. And there are definitely ones that you will like to do that will feel really good. You may have to play around to find them, but they're there any sort of eating situation with triggers, once you figure out what's triggering it, there are so many different things you could do and you get to be creative to figure out, okay, what feels right to me right now? And you get to experiment. Remember, we're coming back to there's no failure. This is a journey. And what that means is you get to experiment. You get to try different things and see what works. And if something doesn't work, then you try something else. And that's okay. That's the way that you actually climb that mountain and reach your goal. You experiment. You say, okay, I'm going to try this this time. Let's see if it works. Didn't really like that one. Let's try something else because there are hundreds of different ways I could address this issue. I want you to just sit with that and see how different that feels compared to how you've thought about your eating and weight in the past. It feels so much better. And like I said, I can tell you, even if it's hard for you to see the hundreds of different ways, it is true. And the more you tell yourself and remind yourself that there are hundreds of different ways, your brain will start to see the different possibilities. You can brainstorm all the different options that you might do. Restriction and deprivation are optional. You do not need 
to feel restricted and deprived in order to be successful in your weight journey. And I would argue you should actively try not to be restricted and deprived. Now, where does restriction and deprivation come from? We've been told it comes from the food you decide to eat or not eat. That's not actually true. Restriction and deprivation comes not from the actual food choice. It comes from the thoughts you have about the food choice. And so what that means is we can modify it. So if we recognize this, that it's the thoughts that create restriction and deprivation, it gives you power to create change. You can change how you feel about a particular food choice and make it so that you don't feel restricted or deprived. And so I'm going to use an example about low carb eating, because when I first tried low carb eating, this was before I was doing obesity medicine, man, I felt restricted and deprived because all I focused on was the food I wasn't eating and the food I wasn't allowed to eat and wishing that I could eat that food and wondering when I would be able to eat that food. And I felt restricted and deprived all the time. And the food I was actually choosing, I was like, oh, well, I guess I guess I'll eat this food. I guess this is my only choice. That selection of thoughts didn't help me. It made me feel restricted. It made the journey feel hard. And ultimately, it wasn't sustainable when I did it. Now, I eat low carb quite consistently. And I never feel restricted or deprived. And the difference is how I think about the food. I don't spend time thinking about the food that I don't eat. I don't think about bread and pasta. This is with practice, but I just, it's, there's no value to me thinking about it. And it doesn't enter my mind anymore. What I focus on instead is the food I really, that I'm eating and that I really want to eat and how good it is and how delicious it is and how excited I am to eat it. And by changing that conversation, it really changes the experience of eating low carb. Another way to think about this, to just prove this point, is picture having like a dry bag salad with dry chicken breast Like if you tried to lose weight in the 80s and 90s, this would be familiar where you like dip your fork in the dressing, the low-fat dressing, and just eat it that way. Like to me, that's like my meal that I never want to eat. I know some people like still like that, but it's when I think about like what is restriction, it's that that salad because I tried to eat it so much through the 90s and stuff when I was working on losing weight. Now... I can tell you right now, somebody put that salad in front of me. I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I don't need that. I'll just wait till I can get something else. And that would not feel restricted or deprived. If I ate it and somebody's like, you can't have anything else. You have to eat this. I would feel restricted and deprived. However, if I was on a desert island and I had not had food for a few days and somebody said, hey, here's a salad. I would be so flippin' excited about that salad and it would taste so good and I would think it was the best thing in the world. And the salad is the same. The difference is how I think about the salad, right? So when you learn this skill and when you play with this skill, and I encourage you to do so, you can totally change your experience of making food choices. If you don't want to feel controlled by a certain food, Look at how you're thinking about it. Ask yourself how you could talk to yourself differently about it. Change the conversation you're having. Ask yourself how often you're thinking thoughts that build desire for that food about how amazing it would be and how you can't have it. And how much time you're spending thinking thoughts that build desire for the healthy options that you're wanting to be eating. Play with this skill. You can totally change how your experience is 
choosing different foods by changing your thoughts. You don't have to change how you're eating if you don't want to feel restricted or deprived. It's about changing how you're thinking about it, okay? This will take practice. You're not going to be perfect right away, and that's totally fine. But just practice it. Commit to trying it and practicing it. No good comes from tough love. No good comes from tough love. Man, it's easy to do, and we've been taught to beat ourselves up. And when we feel like we're not doing our weight loss right, we're not eating the right way to get tough with ourselves and really try to just like, okay, do it better next time. It doesn't work. Think about this. When you tell yourself after you've eaten something, well, you really blew it that time. I can't believe you did it again. You always do that. You're never going to make it to your goal. How do you feel? Probably defeated, probably like a failure, maybe ashamed, maybe guilty. And I want you to ask yourself, what do you do when you're feeling defeated, like a failure, ashamed, guilty? How does that influence your food choices? Most people will say, I'll probably eat more because I want to feel better. And definitely if you're feeling defeated, ashamed, guilty, and feeling like there's no point, if some sort of food pops up in your environment, somebody offers you donuts, you're going to be like, yeah, what's may as well. I'm failing anyways. Tough love is a thought error. It seems like it should work. It does not work. The answer is compassion and curiosity. Getting curious with yourself, being like, why is it? I noticed this happened. I wonder what's going on. Being compassionate in that way. Now, compassion does not mean permissive. In fact, tough love actually makes you more permissive with your eating, where you just eat everything. Compassion is not like, go ahead and eat everything. Compassion is like, it's okay that this happened. This is part of the journey. What can we learn from it? We don't have to beat ourselves up. We don't have to be mean to yourself in order to get further ahead. What we need to do is be curious and see what we can learn from it. When in doubt, ask yourself, what do I really need right now? If you're like, why is it that I have all these food cravings? Why am I struggling so much right now? Ask yourself, what is it that I really need right now? Think of the food as a symptom. Your brain is using food to try to make yourself feel better first in some way. Asking yourself, what is it that I really need right now? Maybe it's a break. Maybe it's you need to talk to somebody. Maybe, you know, if you struggle with mood and there's bigger stressors in your life, maybe you need to talk to your doctor about getting connected with a counselor. But being really curious and being like, what is it that I really need? And so that you're able to address your, your true needs because you deserve to address your true needs so that your brain doesn't then have to try to address them with food. Food makes you feel better in the moment and your brain's not wrong to reach for food because it really does help you feel better in the moment. But it's not lasting. It's not effective. It doesn't help you long term. It lasts, you know, maybe as long as you're eating it, maybe for a few minutes. And then that whatever's underlying it that's making you want to reach for that food is there again. Acceptance brings peace. This is important. As long as we're trying to fight the fact that we have a body that tends to hold weight or we have a brain that likes to turn to food to fix things, if we're fighting it and making ourselves feel wrong about it, it's going to be a hard journey. If we can work on acceptance, it makes the journey easier. So long ago, I personally accepted, you know what? I have a body that eating the standard North American diet doesn't work. It just doesn't help my body. My body doesn't work well with it. 
And a long time ago, I realized, you know what, for me to be successful in managing my weight, I'm probably going to have to eat differently than what a lot of other people do. And I'm going to have to accept that that's just the way it is. And when I was able to do that, that made a really big difference. So noticing yourself where you might be fighting it, where you might be like, but I shouldn't have to do this. I should be able to eat normally. I shouldn't struggle with this. And just try changing to acceptance. Because arguing against reality is tough. It creates more strain. It creates more effort and work and tension. And it distracts you from using the other tools that I've been talking about in this video that will really change how you approach your eating and weight long term. So notice where you might be arguing with the realities of the body that you happen to have and work towards accepting that this is just the body I have. And it's an amazing body, by the way. Doesn't matter what size, shape, what parts jiggle on it. Everybody's body is amazing. It is a body that works and does countless amazing things every single minute of every single day. And so can we work towards just accepting it? That brings up just another topic of that thought of, what energy, what mindset do we want to work towards weight loss? So often when we are in a larger body, you may choose to want to lose weight because you feel like there's something wrong with your body and you dislike parts of your body and you want to change them. I just want to offer to you that that's a really tough place to make change from. It often will lead you to making tough change that doesn't necessarily feel good, ending up more in that restriction pattern being tougher on yourself, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about in this video. If we can just work on, this is my body. My body is amazing exactly as it is. Now, I know that that thought might be a reach for some of you, and I'm offering it because it is a reach, just to consider that maybe it's possible. And maybe we can work towards saying nice things to ourselves, or at least accepting things to ourselves now, and make change from that place. And what you'll find is that you're going to be a lot more open to finding those other options that I've been talking about that actually work better for you, feel better for you when you're working on making change from a place of acceptance rather than working on making change from a place of self-dislike, self-criticism. So really notice like where, where you could use a little acceptance where you could use a little bit of compassion. And again, this is a brief version and that's a big topic. And I'm not saying it's easy to change a bad body image around in a moment. What I'm saying is it's really, really, really worthwhile to work on. It is a really powerful place to work to help long-term success for your weight journey, but also just to make your days feel better. So consider that. Some of my last points. Number one is fight back against a piece of your brain that says, I can't do this. It will be there. It's going to offer commentary as you go through this journey. When you're on those dips we've talked about, it is going to tell you, oh, you can't do this. I guess we can't do this. Your job in those moments is to fight back against that piece of your brain because it's not true. You can do this. You can do whatever you set your mind to. And if you decide that you're ready to do this differently, that you want a different experience and you're going to work on applying all this stuff that I've talked about in this video for you, 
you can do it and it can feel really good. It is available to you, but it means we have to disconnect a little bit from diet culture and all the things we've been taught and be like, okay, I get to design how this is going to feel and I get to be creative on how I'm going to approach it. And I get to empower myself that I get to make the decisions about how I want to manage my weight. And I can choose to treat myself nicely even when I'm struggling, even when the scale's not moving. And again, I know that those are reaches. Those are thoughts that may not feel comfortable, but I want you to just consider that they could be possible. Consider thinking them. But if your brain wants to offer thoughts that you can't do this, that you're failing, you're going to fail, fight back against that and say, no, this time can be different. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to figure this out no matter what happens. Try those on. Your past doesn't predict your future. And that piece of your brain that's like, you're not going to be able to do this, is looking to your past to say, look at, look at all this evidence we have of you not being able to do it. Therefore, you're going to not be able to do it in the future. But when you think through your life, there's a whole lot of stuff you've done that you didn't have evidence that you could do. Babies every day learn to walk with no evidence that they can walk. And they fail repeatedly, right? Like if you've ever watched a baby learn to walk, they try, they fall down. They try, they fall down. They try, they fall down. They get a couple steps, they fall down. They try again, they fall down. Another couple steps, they fall down. They have no evidence that they can do it, but they keep trying. And when they fail, they don't stop. They don't make it mean that something's going wrong internally, instinctually, they just know that it's part of the process of learning something new. If you can take that example and apply it to your weight journey, that's huge. Falling down, making mistakes doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. You're learning. You're learning new skills every time you do that. Just because you haven't had success in the past, just because you may have a bunch of failures your brain can list about all the times it didn't go well, doesn't mean that you can't do it differently this time. You can do this. You can reach any goal you set your mind to, but you need to do it differently than how you've done it in the past. We can't just keep applying the same diet restriction paths and expecting different outcomes. I would bet most of you watching this video have tried the diet path a lot and it didn't work. Therefore, we need to try something different. Trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome never works. There's a Einstein quote about that. (laughs) You've had enough practice trying the diet restriction, being mean to yourself, all the stuff I've talked about in this video. Now's the time to try it in a different way. And trying something different, learning new things feels uncomfortable. So yeah, of course, as you do this, as you listen to this video, you're like, okay, I'm going to try this, Siobhan. It's going to feel uncomfortable at times. And you're going to be like, oh, she might be full of it. <laughs> like maybe this doesn't work. And that's why I encourage you, come back, rewatch this video over and over and over again. Keep watching it. Keep letting these ideas sink in. A lot of what I've shared in this are really big shifts in thinking about what it means to manage your weight long term. And your brain isn't going to latch on to all of them right away. And that's totally fine. It's not going to feel comfortable right away. It's going to take practice. And that's why I wanted to record this for you so that you can come back to it. You can have this pep talk over and over and over again when you need it. You can do this. You've got this. Okay, I hope that that was really helpful for you. Truly, that recording was made from a place of 
complete love from me to you, to anybody who may be struggling with their eating and weight. And like I said at the beginning, this is one I suggest flagging for yourself, marking it in some way so you remember to come back to it, where you can listen to it whenever you need it. Just picture in a time if you're really struggling and you're worrying that you can't do it, that there's something wrong with you, you're not going to be able to be successful, plugging in your AirPods and having a listen to it. Just picture how it would shift you out. Shift that whole thinking. Save it. Share it, please. If you loved it, consider leaving a review for the podcast. It would really help. And if you want the next step, if you want to get support and help, if you don't want to keep trying to figure this out on your own, I'm here. I'm happy to help. The thing I that I wanted to keep and that was very, very important to me to keep when I was making the decisions on what I needed to trim was my support coaching physicians. So Thrive Academy, going strong will always be going strong because I believe that you deserve help. And I believe that by helping you, by teaching you how to do this in your own life, it actually will impact a lot of patients who also need help. I see this over and over again with the physicians inside Thrive Academy is they use the tools I teach them with their own patients. Um, and I, I honestly think that's where my biggest impact is in helping care for patients affected by obesity is by helping the physicians that are caring for them. Not saying join Thrive Academy so you can help your patients, though it's definitely a nice side effect. What the benefits of Thrive Academy for physicians is for you as a physician who is struggling with your weight is it means that this thing that you've always struggled with and that feels like it's the one thing you can't figure out that you can't get off your to-do list, it becomes handled. And not only does it become handled where you're not having to worry about it anymore, but it becomes handled in a way where you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it could be this easy, that it could feel this simple. And I'm not saying that managing your weight long term is easy per se, but I'm saying all the other ways women taught to do it are the hard way. They do not make it simple. They do not make it sustainable. And inside Thrive Academy for Physicians, every single thing I teach you is how can we put less effort in and have bigger impact? How can we create more ease in the process? Because you do need to continue this process for the rest of your life. So head over to start2thrive.ca. That's start number two thrive.ca or to just the main website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Click on the work with me tab to learn more and submit your no obligation, no pressure application. The application means I review it personally, decide if it is something that I can help you with. And then if you'd like, you get to set up a time to talk to me where we can talk through any questions you have, talk about what it would look like for you to be inside the program. So when you join, you really join with confidence that this is a program that's going to completely change your life and your eating and your weight for good, where this is the program that will give you those sustainable tools you've been missing. So head over to starttothrive.ca. I'd love to see your application come in. If you have any questions, you can also just send me an email at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. We'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye-bye.